Welcome to another episode of City Life Uncensored. Extremely excited today, one of my good friends, and I actually just learned uh, before we went live here that uh, she was one of our very first agents, of which I'm taking all of the credit for the recruiting of her. But uh, right, we got Sarah Augustine here. You know, welcome, happy to have you here. Looking forward to kind of shooting the shit here together for a little while. Um, you know, on the broker side as an agent here, you've been here about two years about four years in the in the real estate industry. Obviously killing it, right? But before we get into all that, right, man, like as a friend, I love what you're doing. You know, how'd we get it, right? Tell us how you kind of got and, and came up, right? Like, give me the scoop. Well, um, first of all, I'm happy to be here with you guys. I am a little bit nervous. Uh, I don't really like talking um, through a microphone or being on camera, but you know. Yeah, I'm happy to be here though. Um, the whole reason why I came to City Life was because it was back to my roots in the South Side. Um, that's where I grew up. My mom still has like a little diner here, O'Leary's. Uh, she's had it for 34 years. I've been there a few times. I take some potential investors there all the time. Yeah. It's wild in there. You know, never know what it's going to be like. It's had it hungover way too many times. Oh, yeah. yeah. Be best hangover food. And I also, yeah. I swear that like diners are have the best coffee. And I don't know why I think that, but they do. They, they do. Sure. I agree. Um, but I kind of grew up down here and I started working at that restaurant when I was like, I don't know. I was, I remember pulling um, seats up to like cook bacon for customers when I was like six. So always worked there. Um, high school would work there on the weekends, just like learned work ethic from a really young age. Um, if you want something, you had to work for it. Uh, so anyway, I was there for like my whole life working at the diner. Uh, my sisters all worked there and how many sisters you have two sisters and a brother. Okay. So one of four, it wasn't always like, Oh, my mom just had a diner though. We grew up super, super poor. Okay. So my mom kind of took a risk, um, with opening this diner and it was really hard for a while. I mean, she wasn't really around for when I was a lot younger, just because she was opening up a business um, at the time, didn't understand it. But looking back, I see how hard she worked to kind of build this business to be successful, but sacrificed a lot with a lot of time with the kids. And um, basically, we were with my dad a lot and he worked three jobs, too. So Hence, it was just like me, my siblings growing up, running in the streets of Southside, like causing havoc, fighting, and just, I don't know, being a typical city kid. Yeah. I loved it, though. I had the best childhood. Um, but just a lot of, a lot of fighting, a lot of, uh, like, I don't know, city kid shit. Yep. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean. It's, Southside living's different. It is different. And people, people are like, you grew up in the South side. Like, how's that possible? You know, people don't realize that people grow up here. Yeah. I mean, it used to be primarily a residential neighborhood with families. Absolutely. I mean, this was like our playground, like running around Carson street playing, like, uh, release the den, you know? <laughs> so, um, started working at the diner though. The whole plan always was for my mom's kids to take over the diner and kind of just keep that in the family and keep it going. Uh, I'd come in there on the weekends, 14 years old, hungover as shit, puking in the back, <laughs> having to like serve pancakes and make eggs. And I'm like, this cannot be my life. <laughs> I did that all throughout high school, went to college. I went to Pitt, go Pitt, B-I-T-T. -T. Um, no, but I went there and I still worked at the diner on the weekends. Again, hungover, hated my life. I'm like, this, this What'd is What'd you go to Pitt for? I went to Pitt for marketing and, and accounting. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, loved it there. Partied a lot, but. Uh, what year did you graduate from Pitt? 2010. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Very cool. Um, but then I, once I graduated, I was like, okay, diner life is not for me. I quit. Um, my family, my sisters, my sister still works there. My one and my other sister opened up another diner. So it's just in the blood. To, the diner world. Seriously, man. But they work so damn hard. I mean, I mean, I work hard, but they work really hard. Cooking, slaving every single day is just, it ain't the life for me though, you know? Yeah. Um, after college, I worked. 
Did she just say without saying it that she's turned into a little bougie? <laughs> no, don't even say that because my sisters all call me that. And I'm like, the. I feel like I'm the furthest from that. But my sister. Kind of you got on there. Ever, not, not name brand ones, Case. <laughs> ever since I moved out of the South Side to the North Hills, they're like, oh, you live in the bougie North Hills. They all live around here still. So like coming to my house is like they have to cross a bridge and they're like, that's far as hell. Like we're not, we're not coming out there. So I get them once a year, Christmas Eve. That's the only time they come to my house. It's a blessing and a curse, I think, like to live there because they don't come often, um, but they bitch about it every time they do. But going, yeah, it's like, it's like they're driving across the country to get literally to it's 15 minutes. Yeah. It's crazy. So um, I don't know. After college, I worked a couple jobs. I was a Miller Lite girl for a long time, did promos. I like helped run the girls. Uh, so that sounds so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was in charge of them. I was managing yeah, I get them. It. We get it. But. I wasn't running them. <laughs> but it's so crazy because I did that. I bartended um, while I was in college. So I put myself through college. I was the first one in my family to ever go to college. Um, it, it. I say it because I really am so proud um, to to say that and to, to have accomplished that just because that just wasn't in the cards for my family. And whenever I went, my family was like, you, what are you going to go to college for? How are you going to pay for it? Um, I did some little odds and ends things in college and then also bartended, still worked at the diner and I was that Miller Lite girl. And I ended up paying off all my college debt by 25, which was also amazing for me. Awesome. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. But it's crazy because doing all like working in the diner my whole life, then bartending, then being this like promo girl. And it really has led me. I feel like that is why part of the reason why I am successful in real estate, because like I have, I can handle anybody. I, I grew up with everybody and anybody dealing with them, um, serving them, customer service, uh, trying to get them to buy a product from me. Um, I don't know. I just selling and real estate, it like all comes a little bit natural because I feel like everything that I have done throughout my life, the little silly odds and end jobs have like molded me and helped me to be like good in real estate. Does that make sense? Yeah. Everything is customer it. service. I mean, yeah. Everything you did, I'm entrepreneurship and customer service, pretty much your whole life just ties directly into real estate. Yeah. Do this, you know, I can take this a lot of ways because, you know, appreciate, appreciate all of that. I mean, absolutely fantastic to hear that story and a lot of it I didn't know. But I want to throw it over to you, Brian, right? Because that obviously has to, and I know you know whatever, but a lot of that has to resonate between, right, growing up poor, uh, the North Hills comment now, right? All of that, right? So I'm sure you have some questions or you can relate and, you know, f from that standpoint, right? Like I, yeah. I grew up middle class. I had a, you know, I, I lived a little bit different of a life growing up than you guys did from a poor perspective and all of that. So. Yeah. I mean, when you grow up in certain neighborhoods, I don't think you realize you're poor. Like when you're a kid, if you run around, you play, you were playing down in Southside. I was playing up in Mount Oliver, running around playing release and yeah, on Bronzeville Road and just stupid ass places. And my dad's from Mount Oliver, so I grew up half the time there too. So I was half Mount Oliver, half Southside. I always rep the Southside, I'd though, just because Mount Oliver that comes from my like real rough hood side. Like that's yep. mo. But. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it. But I think it gives you like it gives you a different perspective once you like actually start doing things. Once you start accomplishing things too, because it's uh, you have this. I always had like a chip on my shoulder just because of the way I did grow up. So it always gave me like, like more encouragement. Like anytime I did anything productive, I was like, shit, I don't have to be like everybody I grew up with. I don't have to be like my parents. I don't have, I could do my own thing. So once you really start doing it, like you just, it, it opens up so many doors. It just opened up so many avenues for me just by getting started doing stuff. So I think whenever I started in real estate, Coming up from those neighborhoods I did, I thought, I was like, man, I got an actual job, even though it's commission-based job, but it was, it, it was something special. And uh, I, I never thought whenever I was a kid, I would ever work or have a paycheck, Casey put us on a paycheck, <laughs> but <clears throat> I never thought I would. Like, I didn't even know what work was. I didn't actually grow up with a good work ethic. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of like learn that. And I watched like my great grandmother who was a waitress for many years. 
and she worked until she was like 82 and that was like one of my best friends so she was like she was like an inspiration to me i was like she worked so hard and she paid our bills she paid other people's bills within the family so she, that's where i kind of started learning but yeah no I, I can i can definitely relate north hills people from the south do not want to go to no no i can't my uh best man in my wedding matt waterman if he ever listens to this what up matt <laughs> he i've been in my place i think almost four years and he still hasn't been out my house so it's too a far a little shout out he, <laughs> he, he, he needs to come uh, he needs to come visit but yeah getting people from the south to drive, drive out north hills it's impossible sounds like you're doing something right you get your sisters to come out there right yeah um yeah i mean real quick though just going back what you said it just like resonated with me about um i guess growing up poor too i i don't know if that you felt like this but whenever i started being successful i almost felt like undeserving of it um because i wasn't like accustomed to that and i almost felt like I never wanted my family to feel like, oh, you think like you're better or anything yeah. like that because yeah. I never felt like that. Um, and even now I still struggle with that. I, I would notice myself when I was younger, I would get an opportunity, but I would like self-sabotage. I just was like, you know, that's not, that's not for me. Like that's not, I don't deserve that. Um, even though I would like really work really hard, I would always end up like self-sabotaging myself. I feel like I did that in like, relationships, jobs, um, friendships sometimes. I feel like I just felt undeserving of successful, healthy um, careers, relationships, all of that. Like a lot of my my family, um, you know, they had babies young. That's what they did. They, they weren't, they didn't like um, kind of really like go out and have these like crazy like careers or anything like that. So, um, I had to almost like want to break that cycle of yeah. have a baby young and that's going to be my life. Um, yeah. and, I, and I did break the cycle and I'm like mature now and more like accepting of who I am. Whereas I don't feel like I do feel like I deserve it. I've worked so fucking hard yeah. to, to get where I'm at yeah. and I don't feel bad. Yeah. Look, you're, you're, it's so easy because most of us in our lives, we're, we're a product of our surroundings, whether we believe that or not. And so, you know, you're going down this path of changing your family's trajectory forever and what you're doing. And that can be incredibly lonely at times whenever you're surrounded by certain uh, stereotypes of what is expected of you to be based on that surroundings. And it's not necessarily your family, right? But it's just that idea of growing up poor in a, in a poor community, living a poor life. Uh, you know, poor work, whatever that is, right? And you've you made a decision to yourself to grit to put yourself on an island for a long period of time and says, I want something more and I'm gonna go after that. And it takes it takes a certain mindset to be able to willing to do that, knowing, hey, I'm gonna change the trajectory of my family's life forever. And that's the key of, of getting and surrounding yourself with people that are also around that because it could be draining. It could create the negative in your mind. And we've had, you know, a couple of years of conversations, you and I around all of this of, of go after more, continue to, to train your brain to think and, and get rid of that negativity, that negative world that I don't deserve this, that you created for yourself over being a part of that life for such a long period of time. And you're doing that. And it's, it's, you know, absolutely fantastic to see. Let me ask you this question though, right? Because thinking about where you're at now and, and putting the numbers together, Probably even going to college was something different that a lot of your surroundings and friends and, you know, the people you were playing release with to, to Brian's point, et cetera, like that probably wasn't 100%, you know, natural and normal paying your way through college, right? Paying off those student loans quickly like that alone in itself at that age is something probably that was extremely difficult in terms of the mindset of doing that and overcoming all of that. My question to you, though, like it sounds like you didn't go take a you know, probably wasn't really known, but once you go to college, like the, at least in my life and in my family and my surroundings was you go get a, a corporate job, a professional job with a salary and that's the rest of your world. So I've overcome those challenges at the last pieces of my years of becoming an entrepreneur and you know, everything that I'm doing as an investor. But, um, you know, it sounds like you didn't ultimately take that route. You kind of went back into the bartending world into that. So, and so, yeah. so why, right? Like, what was that for you? How was, what was that like? And why did you do that? 
Well, I did work corporate for a little bit. Okay. Um, while I was still bartending, I've, I've, my whole life, I've had like more than one job. So, it. One thing, my parents, both of them, they were divorced when I was like three, but they both were hard workers. You know, they they worked really hard um, for everything that they did have. So I did work corporate job and it was the most robotic, uh, soul sucking. What was it? Um, I worked for an insurance company and I was like a claim manager. Okay. And you know, it was like in a cubicle, like every day, eight hours a day. I mean, I just, I would get in trouble because I would be like walking around socializing. And I just, it wasn't me to sit in a cubicle all day and just like look at a computer. Um, and it got to the point where I was making more money bartending. And I was like, this is, I can't do this anymore. I am so miserable and I'm <laughs> quitting this job. That's when I quit. And then Ultimately, I was bartending and was like, I need to do something else. What, like, where, where is my calling? Where am I, what am I passionate about? I always knew sales. I mean, I was literally the kid that was in third grade, like selling her Halloween candy and making money. I mean, I was making, I, love that. I, like that. I, I mean, since I, I would bring it all in a couple months after and I'd sell it to the kids. Um, like you get it for free. Yeah, yeah exactly. I make money off of it. Pillowcases. Yeah, yeah that's huge. It was, per it was perfect. Um, but that's when I kind of started into real estate. Okay. So what? So give us that. Let's go. Here we go. Yes, Get into the, 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 the nitty gritty here. <laughs> um, I started in real estate. I started at Howard Hanna. And I remember when I started there, I had no idea what to do. I had just finished real estate school. How long did it take school. you to get your, your license? Um, probably like six months. Did you fail it like 12 times like Brian did? I did not fail it. You missed out. <laughs> I missed out on a good experience. <laughs> I failed it three times. Um, I started there and I, after the school, like it was, okay, go sell houses. And I'm like, what the hell do I do? I mean, everything I had learned in the classes and stuff didn't mean anything. You had to go out and find clients and, and I was nervous. I felt again, that complex of like, I'm not good enough. You know, how am I going to go? Where, ask where were you working when you started there? Like, I mean, obviously, Squirrel Hill. Nine, but but job wise, so you were still bartending. I was still bartending at Finn McCool's down on the south side. Okay, oh, I love Finn's. Yeah, I was there for like ten years. So I definitely, probably bought drinks from you before, but probably. Anyway, sorry. sorry for interrupting. <laughs> no, <you>. it's okay. <laughs> I um just thinking about my days in the the south good old times. Party scene oh. the Finn's. <laughs> Finn's. I think I got kicked out of there a couple of times as well. But it was anyway. good. That was the bar to be at. It so. Was. Um, but I started there and with Howard Hanna at the Squirrel Hill and I was like, how are people going to trust me? I'm just a bartender. I, how are they going to trust me with like buying or selling the biggest asset of their life? It took a while. Honestly, I would say up until like this year for me to actually start really feeling confident in myself and in my abilities and my knowledge and like what I can do for my clients. It took so long because just getting over that like self-doubt and that negative self-talk that I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. Um, but anyway, I went to Howard Hanna. I found the highest producer at that office at the time. She was producing like 35, 40 million a year. Let's give a shout out. Who was it? Her name's Andrea. Andrea, we appreciate yes, you. She, um, I owe a lot to her, to be honest. So I found her. We... I pretty much was like, listen, let me be your bitch. Um, I, love that. I love that. She was like, okay, she was doing this, all this business on her own. Now it was a scroll home market, right? So most of the properties are a million plus. Um, but she was- Must be nice. Uh, yes. She worked hard to get there. So uh, praise her. But anyway, I became pretty much her bitch. At least that's what like everybody in the office would like kind of say or think, you know? Um, but I was like her assistant. So anytime she needed to meet with contractors or inspections or show her clients houses, I did it all. And I learned so much from doing that. Uh, I didn't really make much money doing that at all, obviously, but I didn't have my own clients. So the only way I was going to learn was with someone else's. So she kind of took me under her wing in that sense. And I just did all the work she didn't want to. And then every once in a while, she'd get like a $200,000, uh, $300,000 lead. And she would be like, do you want this? And I'd be like, that feeds my family. Like, yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes. You know? And so 
slowly she started giving me like more leads and we started like working together. I mean, I was still just basically assisting her. Um, but I, I mean, I learned so much from that. I, I, I say that's one of my bigger regrets. Uh, like, or if I can start over as an agent, I would have joined a team right away. Like we're joining a team or like had like a, like a good mentor. I went to all the classes. I started at KW, went to every class to have decent trainings, but you only get so much from trainings because typically the trainings aren't really people doing a lot of transactions. People doing a lot of transactions are busy training their team and just busy doing a lot of transactions. Yeah. So a lot of the trainings are always held by just somebody who's kind of just puddling along, does a few transactions, very, very basic trainings. Yeah, the teacher's teaching <clears throat> something they don't do themselves, right? Yeah. yeah, just old PowerPoint slides. You can tell it's just mm -hmm. passed through through years and years and years. I would start, if I would have started over, I wish I would have had somebody that was like crushing it like that. I would 100% like start off with a team assistant, whatever it needed, a buyer's agent, whatever to run around. What do you need help with? I need to learn. It's the quickest way because there's so much trial and error in real estate. Mm -hmm. There's so many different ways to find leads. Not all of them are right. Not all of them are wrong. There's so many ways to manage transactions. There's so, there's so much information out there that it just drives somebody who's just tossed into it. when you get your license. You're just thrown in there. I'm like, all right, yeah. go do some business. That's what it is. It's your... You're not getting paid to do that. Like you're you're getting commissioned to do that. Go figure it out. And there's a lot to, there's a lot of different paths on a team or having a mentor like that would be extremely extremely helpful right from the gate. So no, that's awesome. I spent ten years in corporate America. Well, close to ten years in corporate America, and I always hated what I did. Right, but I believed the entire time, and I always outworked everybody similar to you. And the theory for me was always getting that education. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I don't know where I'm going, but as long as I can get that education and learn from it, that's the most important thing. My question to you is with the, with the background and everything that you've told us, how did you have that knowledge to say, Hey, look, I'm going to come in here and be a bitch and get that education from somebody otherwise. Cause I don't know anything like that. That probably took and hearing from other people in office. Hey, you're the bitch when you're really, they're the bitch because you're getting that education. You're learning and you're working with the top producer in the office. Who's crushing it. And oh, by the way, now you're getting three, $400,000 listings from her. So you want at the end, how did you have the wherewithal and the knowledge ahead of time to know, Hey, how do I come in and work with this person? Go find a top producer, be their assistant in order to do that. Like that takes a lot of courage a lot of strength and ability and smarts to be able to think that, especially coming from the background of what you came from. Thanks. Yeah. I think that I, um, I've always been a super hungry, passionate person with anything I do. Um, my husband will say like, it drives him crazy. Cause I am like, I am all in or all out. Like I am 100% or 0%. There's a very, I'm not good with gray. It's black or white. Um, so whenever I do something, it's, I am all in. I think the thing that set me apart from the beginning, and I think that still sets me apart today from other agents though, is ego. I, I, I didn't go into that, into real estate or into that office. And I, and I, and I still don't go into real estate with this ego of like not wanting to learn from other people and not, uh, having that ability to absorb other people's knowledge. You know, I am not, I still to this, like still my ego, I don't, I don't have the ego that says like, I am better because I sold this much and you sold this. I can learn something from any agent that's doing anything right now, any transactions. And I think that a lot of agents in this business have such egos and it really sets them back and hinders their success, to be honest. And I think that just the beginning, I just never went into it with an ego. I just wanted to learn and I was willing to do whatever it, it took to learn from the best. I mean, she was producing 35, 40 million a year. Yeah. I mean, it's, she was the best and I wanted to learn from that. You know, quick plug if she's interested in coming over to our brokerage, <laughs> uh, you know, we love to Zing. love to have her. <laughs> how do we how do we make that phone call? Can you can you figure this out for us? Uh, <laughs> I don't think she's leaving there anytime soon, but yeah, she clearly has a 
probably a pretty nice setup, which is yeah, which is fantastic, right? So fast forward, why'd you leave? Obviously, I mean, it sounds like you had a great setup. Yeah, well, I it was nice. Um, the once I started getting more confident, though, I um, the split wasn't great. By the way, we're gonna get into your confidence here at some point before we end the yeah. show. But uh, that's anyway. a that's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> um, but, uh, the split wasn't great and, but I was fine where I was. I mean, I was only there for about a year and a half, almost going on two years. So I was just getting started. Um, that's when some tall lanky dude, I'm just kidding. With a big nose. <laughs> approached me in the gym. No, I was coaching at uh, a gym in the South side. Everything is revolved around the South side. That's that's just what I feel. Anyway, I mean, my husband, I met him in the South Side. He's a detective in the South Side. Everything is the South Side. We're in the South Side right now. Yes. In our Speakeasy podcast. <laughs> it's great. Creepy alley you had to walk through. Creepy <laughs> path, pathway. <laughs> yeah. Having the landscape in there. Bushes growing out of the sidewalk. <laughs> Literally, we went up to her. I was like, I want to park here. You probably have a flat now. Yeah. <laughs> um, But uh, so... Obviously, you approached me in the gym, and you said that you guys were starting up a brokerage, and I remember being like, oh, like, I don't, why does he want me, first of all, because I was a newer agent. I was only doing, like, I think, I like, a three million in sales for the year, um, which was great. I was going to say to add to that, three million is good for a newer, for your time in a business that's good no it, it was great i was really proud of that three million is equivalent i mean obviously it depends on the brokerage you're at the split that you're getting if you're on a team there's a lot that goes into it but three million is much better than probably most entry-level corporate jobs i mean a lot better right at the end of the day 100%. yeah okay yeah but i um i wanted you know, by the way Again, we'll get into the confidence and the humbleness and the ego, right? Like, ah, I was only doing three million at the time. It's you know, so well, yeah. I just say that because I knew I wanted more. I knew that I could there was more for me. Um, but I but I had started working hard and it was crazy because I was building rapport with these clients that she was giving me. Um, and then they were referring me to you know to their family and friends um so i was making business basically she gave me the lead but then it was me building that rapport and keeping up those relationships that people started trusting me mm -hmm. but anyway i oh by the way i've got something written on my board here that says keys to gaining trust with clients so uh we're, we're knocking off two birds <laughs> with one stone here keep nice. going keep going <laughs> well well when you had approached me at the gym and i was just i was not really can i hop in yes you were coaching that class right, yes that casey was in yeah did he puke during that i think you did puke classes? what the first I time the first time at you 3MF. did i puked the first time at f45 i'm yeah. just fat and out of shape generally so i would try to push him and he'd be like I'm just curious, you still join after he puked his first day in the gym. That's I crazy. know. I mean, it It took a couple of times, I feel like, him coming in saying, you ready to join? You ready to come? And I'd be like, I would just laugh it off, like, oh, you're so silly, you know? Um, <laughs> and then he was like, no, for real, like, let's set up a meeting. And I was like, oh, shit, like, he's, like, this is real. He wants to, like, really sit down with me. And I remember we, you came to the meeting, we went to Fatheads. Yep. And it was, Fathead. <laughs> it was a quick- the south side. It was a quick street. meeting, honestly. It was a quick meeting, but I knew that I was ready to take the leap. I think, again, uh, city life, I mean, m being growing up in the South Side, being this city kid, it just like, it spoke to like my soul being, coming back to the South Side, having my office here and working under people that like grew up in the city and had a similar uh, background as I did and someone that worked hard for what they had. And I just, I don't know. I, I wanted to be a part of it early on for some crazy ass reason. I like believed in, in you after just meeting you a couple times Not and sure talking why. to you. I'm like, and I remember even telling Shane, like my husband, and he's like, you're, you're doing what? And I'm like, I don't know. He's like, you met these guys at the gym. Like, you're just going to go to the brokerage. <laughs> like there, there was like hardly, there was no agents here. You know, it was yeah, like, you were, uh, what the first, I think we talked about the first outside call it agent, right? I, I think pretty much outside. Like the, outs, yeah. The team. Yeah. It was, it was 
I had my license. Brian had his, and it was uh, Lindsay, Lindsay, who was your assistant Lindsay at the time. Tara, who's oh, and Tara, now, who has been with you for yeah, now manages from day the one, brokerage. and she's now our brokerage manager. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I took the leap, and I mean, since then, my business has like what are you gonna do this year? A little under ten. Last year I did ten million. Uh, last year was a great, great year. Um, I will say the difference as far as last year and this year last year i probably i did like 10 million and had maybe seven listings this year i'm gonna do a little under that but i'm almost even with listings and buyers which is to me is a huge huge goal met and i feel so good about it because listings were always something that everyone would say you once you get listings, you you kill it. You know, it's easy money. Listings for me are always harder because I feel like as a buyer's agent, I know I can prove myself. I will work hard. I will be available. I'm going to get you the best deal that I can. And I can negotiate the hell like out of, out of a transaction. I can negotiate, but I just feel like I can all like feisty. Like let's go. Well, I just feel like I I have so much control. Like I just, I like being, I like proving myself as a buyer's agent. Sometimes I feel like a seller's agent, you know, you're proving yourself, but it's so much less work. We talked, we chatted about, yeah, you have to like a lot of the listings you're getting too is because you work so hard as a buyer's agent. Yeah. So a lot of them become referrals. They, a lot of them become clients that you help buy a house, sell a house or sell their house for their family. You work your same whenever I started off, all I worked with was buyers. Mm-hmm. They're the easiest. There's more buyers than sellers. So they're right. easier to work with. But as you start getting those referrals, those listings come for all the hard work, all those hours you spend running around to 20, 30 houses with people. Now you start getting, you start reaping those rewards as a listing agent from that. So if you just came out and got a shit ton of listings handed to you, that it usually doesn't happen. It's right. not going to happen. But if you did, that's maybe another story. But you work, you work for all those listings. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's a skill set, right? It's 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 from her her upbringing and her background of hard work. And so, you know, people come from different things. The listing side is a little bit more probably finesse, a little bit more whatever. Again, I don't I don't do what you guys do, so I'm not trying to drop those bombs. But like, to be a good buyer's agent, it's literally hard work, and you know hard work your entire life, and so that became easy for you. And then to your point, right, mindset-wise for you, I mean, you've, you you hit the nail on the head with everything you said. It was, you know, I'm not supposed to be this person. I, I came from, you know, a poor background. And so it was that confidence thing for you. How did you get over that, right? How did you get to that point from a – because all it is is mindset, and we know that, and we've had a lot of conversations over the past couple of years about, you know, and I've watched you grow – with that confidence and there's no ego there, which is amazing about you. And I can't wait to see the future, but how is that? How are you able to overcome that hurdle to start getting those listings? Obviously from a business perspective, as Brian said, it's, it's natural through all of the hard work and buyers and then they really like you and then they bring you listings. But like that doesn't make you make, that doesn't allow you to do a good job at the end of the day. You've got to have the right mindset and overcome the hurdle of the skill set and ability to do it. So how did that, like, how did you do that? I think I'm still doing it. I think I'm still overcoming that, fear and just learning to be more confident in myself. Um, I think it's ongoing. I I don't think I'm, I don't know if I'm ever going to be that person that is just like, hell yeah, I got this. I'm the best, you know? Um, It's a lot of like, what's the biggest listing you've had so far? Biggest, you know, I don't look at, I don't know my numbers like that. I'm so bad at that. (laughs) Um, it's so crazy because my 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 clients that are my hundred thousand dollar clients and my clients that are like my eight hundred thousand dollar clients, I mean they're the exact same to me. In fact, I feel like I the hundred my my lower my like the hundred thousand dollar clients, the two hundred thousand dollar they are like they need they're my more. they're my people. That's who I like really love helping because it gives me this like, I feel successful whenever like I'm helping somebody that didn't think they could ever buy a house in their life. They're like, they never thought that they would achieve that, that goal and, and buy their own house. And if I'm able to help them do that and walk them through that process and they're, they're putting all their trust in me for this, this biggest, the biggest dream that they have. 
And that is more satisfying to me than selling like the big list things. So humble. I love it. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. No, that, that resonates. I, I felt the same way. The, the second, third houses, whenever someone's buying or selling those, they're great because obviously the commissions are amazing. It's def- definitely different whenever you're in a price price range that, frankly, grew up in, right? It's a lot of our friends, a lot of our, their first homes they bought, and a lot of that might not have thought they were going to buy that house. But you're working through FHA-type loans, 6%, really sticky negotiations to really try getting a house to pass. Those ones are the ones that are most rewarding for sure. Yeah. I have the, yeah, I have the same exact feeling and most like my average sale price, my first year. And I think I did 18 or so transactions was only like 80 grand. So I had a super low and it jumped up to like 112 the next year, 130 and gradually increased to mid twos, like somewhere around the median. But it took, it took a while to get there. But all the people I worked with was like, it was rewarding to work with those people. Mm-hmm. Like they were friends. They were, those were the people I grew up with. Yeah. I think, I think there's a, a sense of, of comfortability there, right? Because from the humbleness side of it to, you know, what you're good at, right. And, and understand, and you can relate to those people, which makes it easier. Right. And so we always talk about eliminating the fear of pushing yourself for me. It, you know, one of my big hurdles was, was social media. And so recently this year, I put myself out there and, you know, a lot of you people that, that are listening maybe are starting to follow me a little bit more. I'm really putting myself out there lately. It's been insanely challenging, but at the same time, insanely rewarding because it's just pushing those limits. And for me, watching you over the last two years, pushing those limits has been insane. Social media has been a part of that. So, like, what has social media meant to you? I know you've had a lot of conversations with Brian. I think Brian won an award way back when on social media. And so, um, right, and you have a fear of putting yourself on that social media, but you're also doing more with with posting and all of that. So like, what has social media meant to you over the past couple of years and trying to, again, continue to push yourself further and eliminate those fears and, and get, put yourself outside of your comfort zone, gaining more tr- confidence in yourself. What social media meant from that point of view? I think social media is such a, um, it's, it's been a very, it's been a blessing for me. It's also a curse. I, I have, I do struggle with putting content out, I think, because I don't feel comfortable talking on social media or really putting just myself out there. I feel more comfortable putting like my family out there or like my, my clients. But me personally, I I don't, sometimes I'm like, well, people aren't going to give a shit what I have to say. So why am I going to post this? Um, And I get in my own head about that. I have, I am trying to be better with it because I will say um, I've never paid for marketing ever. So all of my business has come from family, friends, referrals. That's it. Um, and social media, you know, I, I work with people that I have, I haven't talked to since high school or middle school. Even I'm, I'm selling a house right now for, um, a girl that I was friends with in middle school that, you know, social media, she reached out to me on there. Um, so I will say it, for that, that those purposes, I feel like it's just amazing. A lot of my business has come from there. Um, I do want to do some marketing. And I know I've talked to Brian about this a bunch. He's like hammers it down. Like he's like, listen, you got to do the marketing, got to do this. And I know he's right. It's just, I know I've gotten like so far without it. And I know that if I start doing the marketing, that's when I feel like I might be overwhelmed and might need a team and might need. I think you're getting comfortable. I am. That 10 million. I know. Uh, We're getting you to 20 million at some point. Don't you worry. Listen, (laughs) let me, let me, let me ask you this though, right? Cause you've just brought it up there. I think it's, it's great. And you know, like, I love this about you. You're such a family person. You're so family oriented and you do post a lot. And, uh, you know, I'm a religious follower of, of what you post around your family and I love what you do. And especially with the pit and I didn't realize you actually went there. So like, it's even cooler to me to see all of that and taking, taking her to the soccer games, yeah. et cetera. But like you work your damn ass off and you've had to work to overcome everything you've ever got. How has that influenced you? How has that inspired you? But then how difficult is it at the same time to balance all of that? It's really hard to be honest because I mean my husband works full time as well but um you know I 
it's so important to me to not miss a soccer game, to experience things with Antonia and make sure that I am present. Um, that's one thing that I didn't really have, like from my mom. So, you know, she worked really hard, but she couldn't be present. She, you know, she was, that was her priority. So juggling both, I think sometimes that's what gets super overwhelming to me because you know, I have in the past sacrificed a lot like family time for my clients. Um, and I still do that. But now I'm like, get in the car, like we're, the whole family is going to a showing. I mean, there are times where we'll be on our way to like Kennywood and I'll be like, surprise, we're going to stop and show a couple houses first. And like Shannon and Tones are just like, they're used to it now. They just, they, it's a lifestyle. And like, you know, it's so cute because she is seeing how hard that I work, but I'm mm -hmm. still present. And she comes and she um, gets to experience things like interactions with my clients and uh, showing houses. And like that is teaching her hard work and work ethic is like, I obviously want her to have a better childhood than I did, right? I don't want her, I want her to grow up differently, right? Breaking that cycle. But I also want to instill the same values of like, this shit is not going to be handed to you. Like you have to work hard for, for the things you want. Um, because and sacrifice, right? Yeah. At the same time, yeah. So, um, that's, what's important to me. Uh, definitely just instilling those same values into her while still giving her a great life, you know, um, juggling, both is sometimes really hard. And I think that's where I get comfortable sometimes because I'm like, okay, like I'm doing well and I am comfortable here and I'm still able to make this, the soccer games and do, do everything with my family. So it's like, you know, going to that next level is scary. And I sometimes think, what am I going to give up if I do that? Because for me, money is not the definition of success. It never has been. It never will be. I don't think that that is what makes me successful. Um, I think that making successful is being able to, um, have that flexibility to be at her, to be at her games, to be there when she gets home from school, to have some quality time with my husband while also paying our bills. I mean, Casey, we've talked about this. We live way below our means. Uh, Shane is always saying like, you're not like that little poor kid anymore. Like you can, you can buy the cup of coffee. Like I still live like, you know, I don't know if the, if we're going to, we're going to be able to pay the mortgage next month. So we got to like, we got a budget, you know, and it drives him crazy, but it's also allowed us to have investments because of that. It's allowed us to have uh, rental property because of that, because I am a crazy saver because I'm, I'm always waiting for like, Oh man, you know, what if something happens? Yes. Um, and he's always like yelling at me, like you can, you can buy that coat. Like you, you're good. You know, we can afford yeah. this. Um, but I, it's just something inside that I'm just, you know, I'm just frugal. Yeah. It's, um, quick plug. Sarah is a, a very active and, uh, great investor to city life. So anyone that's interested in investing in city life, we're certainly, uh, super good decision, by the way, look, look at, looking for that. So certainly reach out, out to us if you are, but yeah, right. You're an investor in city life. Now money helps at the end of the day. So you could say all of those things and I don't disagree with any of it. I, I come from that humbleness and, um, right. But money helps. And so I'm also after, and everybody should be after it, create the financial freedom for you to be able to make those decisions. If you don't want to go to work today, you don't want to take on a client. You don't have to, cause you have money and it makes those decisions a lot easier. You've recently, right, the City Life Investment, which is doing great for you, as well as you just bought your first rental. And I know we had a conversation before you did it. And that's a huge hurdle for you. And I'm super proud of you. Like, what did that mean to you? And like, what's next when it comes to the investment side? Well, first, I want to say that the rental is in, guess where? South side. The south side. Um, I mean, listen, <laughs> I wish every test I ever took was that easy. <laughs> I know, right? Um, oh, it took me a while to get over that hurdle, like just pulling that trigger. I feel like I would text you every couple months, like, should I, should I? And you're like, pull the damn trigger, buy it. Um, I finally did. And it's been amazing. I'm glad that I I, I did it. Um, it's in the south side. I have a great tenant. And we, I mean, I'm ready what, for more. What, what finally got you over that, that hurdle to, to go and pull that trigger? Um, I think honestly, I, 
I was just, I, I felt like I, I was ready for more. You know, I was waiting. I kept putting things off the past couple of years. Just like, we didn't know if we like wanted to add to our family and stuff like that. And I just was like putting things off in my personal life and in my career, just kind of, um, just really unsure of what our future was going to hold, um, for our family. So I was, I got to a point where I was like, you know what? Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for more. I've worked hard. I, I know that I can do this. Um, and I think that honestly talking to you, um, just, you're really good at feeding that confidence and being like, just do it. In case anyone's wondering, my head's actively growing. <laughs> um, and I think, I, <laughs> I think it being I'm starting in, to catch up to the size of my nose. <laughs> I think it being in the South side too. I just feel like the stars aligned and I was like, it, this is meant to be, I just, just do it. And I'm glad. And I'm, you know, we're ready for the second one. Um, I don't know if Shane's is ready because he's like who I call him. Like the garbage disposal is yeah, broken. He's Go do the work, right? Yeah, that's the in-house management company. <laughs> exactly. I always tell him like, listen, I'm 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 funding it. I need you to act just like you know <laughs> yeah, be the guy. The yeah, yeah. So, but the goal, like, I mean, yeah, right. Tell me where do you see yourself in five years. What what, what what's what's next? Because this, is, I mean, obviously, fantastic story. Love everything about this, right? You've come so far, just from childhood up through you know, through college and, and, and your four years in real estate, like where's, what's, what's five years from now look like for you? I think I, I mean, real estate, I don't think will ever not be a part of my life. I think that that is, I mean, real estate is a lifestyle. I don't think it's a career. I think you kind of live, breathe and eat it. I think the next five years though, uh, we definitely want to have more properties. Um, that's probably the main goal. I still want to kill it as an agent and be working, um, obviously doing maybe more than 10 million. <laughs> um, I am comfortable there, but you know, I do want to push myself. I think that as, uh, I want to keep proving to myself that like I can do it, you know, um, that I, I'm good enough. I am enough. And that, I don't know, I'm just going to keep like tackling these like little little obstacles that come up, come my way really. And, and the goal is I just want to keep feeling this humble. I don't want to ever lose that. I don't want to ever lose this feeling. Yeah. I think, you know, we talk about all the time and right. The idea of if you're not growing, you're dying. And we talk about it in business and you know, everything else. I think you're an incredibly good example of, of that on a personal level you're not growing or dying, you're not pushing yourself beyond your limits. So uh, there's no doubt in my mind you're going to be doing much more than 10 million, whether you you say it or not. I think that's the humbleness in you, right? Like, Brad, don't you? I mean. Yeah, no, easily. I think it depends, too, if you – we talked about it all the time, but hiring somebody, and that's really – I think that would be the next step in your growth to get over that hump because I think that will actually create more time for you, more than you think, where you can attend those soccer games. You can do that because now you're delegating out some of that work and you're actually creating another job by doing that as well. So also helping somebody else feed their family by doing that yeah. and creating a higher, like the income in your pocket might not grow significantly, but I think you would grow in more time. And also you would also create another job and still create that freedom at nights and on weekends and stuff that you want with your family. Not only, not only that, right? Like the ability to give back more and teach and lead and uh, develop other people. I think you have that in you. I think it's incredible. So yeah. uh, it's scary. It's, it's a challenge, but I think you'd crush it. Thanks. Yeah. I think it is scary to, um, it's a lot of pressure to try to, you know, knowing that I have to like help feed someone else's like family and making sure that they're like, I feel like I would take that on as, such a, I don't want to say a burden, but like I would, it would be, I couldn't fail them. Yeah. You know, it would be, and so I think that'd be great, but also it's just kind of, kind of scary. And I think I have problems with like just letting go of the control of a, of a transaction too. I like having the control from start to finish. So having like a coordinator, control um, freak. I am, I mean, <laughs> ask my husband, it's, it's, but, um, I think that, you know, that's something we have talked about. I know that that is what I would need to grow. It's just uh, yeah. pulling we'll that trigger there. there. We'll get there. I'm going to wrap this thing up here, right? Like, 
you know, like I do every, you know, every podcast, what's the best advice you can give anybody that's listening right now? Um, I think the best advice to give would be to be resilient. Um, a lot of things happen in life that aren't planned and may set you back and it may make you feel um, like it's not worth it to keep going. I think that being resilient and determined to keep pushing through, um, I just keep fucking going. Um, a lot of things, a lot of things will set you back, but I think that, um, being determined to not give up, to prove people wrong, to prove yourself wrong. I think we're our biggest critique and we're like, we are the, the self doubt that's in our head is worse than what anyone else thinks about, about us. I know that for sure. So just keep going really. I think just not giving up. I mean, I know that sounds so generic, but it's like something I, I write in Antonia's lunch that something similar every day, like, like have a voice, be kind and don't give up. Like that is. I love, I mean, I, I absolutely love that, especially right with the, the uncertainty in the market and a recession looming over our heads at this point in time. Like that's, that's absolutely incredible. Where, where can we find you? Um, well, social media, uh, on Facebook, uh, Sarah Augustine Welsh. And then on Instagram, it's the same thing. Sarah Augustine Welsh. I mean, or you can call me. Should I give my phone number? No, nah, you don't. <laughs> get some creeps out there wanting, wanting to give you a call. Reach out to her. Uh, one of the best agents in the business, just really getting started in that. Four years in, uh, the sky's the limit for her. Um, you know, love to see what she's doing out there. I think if, if you're in the, in the market for a, for a, uh, a new home, make sure you give her a, a buzz. Reach out to her on the social media. Appreciate you having you. Thanks. It's fun. Yeah. This is fun. Let's go. Awesome.